Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dexter's Lab. I had a chance to speak with Janie Duan of The Flavor Continues. We discussed how street dancing became their artistic medium of choice, how their artistic journey began in classical music, and how playing music written by other people only fueled their drive to create something that was all theirs. I'm Jay Cottle, and this is Janie's Lab. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Dexter's Lab. Today, we have Janine Duan, and today is Janine's Lab. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, her experience and background as an artist and performer. So Janine, please tell us what we need to know about you. Yeah, thank you so much for um, having me on here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, I am here representing the Flavor Continues, or one of the sections of the Flavor Continues. In my artist background, um, Wow. So I, when I was small, I was an artist and a musician for, for like the longest time. Um, and I was involved in like classical music and that was kind of how I really fell in love with it. Um, and eventually in college, I joined a choreo team um, because I really loved the community and kind of like what it stood for. And I think the love for music and dance just kind of really like worked together, which is why I continued to pursue it. Um, but eventually I felt like, you know, in choreography, everyone is kind of the same. So I decided, well, I want to try something else different, which is why I wanted to freestyle. Um, so that was where I found, you know, house dance um, and crump and popping and all those other um, street and club style dances that I fell in love with because I felt that I could be more of an individual. So that is pretty much what kind of spurred me to go on this whole artistic journey, um, especially with the flavor continues and um, yeah serving the community and such. In terms of what I've done, um, I think I think I'd rather talk about what I love about the community. And that is it is a very diverse place with people from all different types of demographics that come together. Um, it's very celebratory. Everyone has their own individual reason for being in here, but everyone has such amazing passion. Um, and that's why I think I'm very passionate about serving it. Mm. So can you tell me a little bit more about the Flavor Continues? How does that work? You said you're part of one section. How does it all, what is the Flavor Continues for folks that don't know? Yeah, so the Flavor Continues is a nonprofit organization based in Boston, Massachusetts. We serve primarily the street and club dance communities um, by hosting events, community engagement. We host sessions. We also have a little branch off where we teach um, social emotional learning to kids in private or public schools um, or in private lessons as well. So that's kind of like a gist of what we do. Um, we really, really own in on making sure we, you know, abide by the cultural code. We want to make sure we're preserving this beautiful culture that has been so far sometimes like appropriated mm. um, or has been taken in the wrong direction. So that's a lot of what we do. That's awesome. So today's conversation is really about creativity and your creative process. And already your, your background kind of, would you say that you have incorporated another artistic discipline or do you feel like you've switched over to another artistic discipline and then what is yeah. that kind of those two experiences yeah definitely I think you know when I was starting dance right um it was a lot of really understanding my movements my body and how every part worked and getting them to move and sync which was extremely difficult mm -hmm. um but I think what I really loved about it and that kind of carried over for music is 
like the love of music and how much impact music has in your dance. Like you can showcase different notes or different rhythms, different melodies. You can show different, um, yeah, like different instruments that now all these beat makers are suddenly making, right? Mm -hmm. And utilizing all that like music theory that I had learned in, in my previous, um, I guess it feels like a previous lifetime, but yeah, in my previous years, it definitely like integrated and kind of molded together. Um, I think my creative process definitely first started really emphasizing on music. Um, it first started by listening to it, really understanding it. And by understanding the music, you know, that's where you really get into the culture of it. Like you understand why it is that someone wrote a certain piece or why it is that a certain era will sound a certain way. Um, but eventually it kind of molded into really utilizing dance for, um, you know, like, a dance as an expression for my space, like not being afraid to take up space, not being afraid to say what I want to say, um, which is something that I really struggled with before. Um, it's just interesting because I was watching this documentary this past weekend about Debbie Allen and how she has her own dance academy. And one of the instructors was talking about what you kind of just said about how a dance, and I'm a musician. And so this was interesting for me to watch these dancers. And they were saying that like, dancing is the physical embodiment of the notes. You get to become the music. Yeah. I had never really heard that before, so it's really fascinating to me. And I feel yeah. like a particular window into that perspective. Absolutely, absolutely. So what is creativity to you? What does that even mean? That is a loaded question. Midbell. Huh. I think... It's the act of being free. Hmm. Um, the act of being able to be who you want to be, where you want to be, act who you want to act like. Hmm. Um, being able to produce something that you feel like comes from your soul, you know, something that is deeply you. Um, and I think everyone is different in that sense, right? Like no one, no one is the same in that way. But I think that is what creativity is. Wow. So do you consider yourself to be creative? Why or why not? Um, yeah, I would say so. I think I'm on that journey, right? Mm -hmm. I think like right now I'm still kind of like trying to do that dig deeping, um, considering what my artistry is to me. I'm considering, you know, what is important? Why is it that I fell in love with this in the first place? Why is it that I continue going? Why is it that, you know, certain things in the world impact me the way that it does? Or why is it that my personal relationships impact me the way that I do? And I think in growing as a person, in like digging deeper at the roots of why, you know, continuously asking me why is it that I do it or why this or why that, um, I'm getting closer and closer to kind of that route that I'm looking for. So what, what inspires you? Like one in general, but two, it seems like you are on this journey because you've mentioned it a couple of times of explaining yeah. I'm assuming I'm projecting, you can tell me if I'm wrong, it's like my psychoanalysis here, of coming from not just music, but in particular classical music, which is a genre that's so much about structure and rules and perfection, and then into one dance, but then also hip hop and crump, which are all about freedom and expression. And so like, it seems like it's a, a big disparity. So I'm wondering what is that inspiration that keeps you in this space and, and what kind of inspired that journey uh, into freedom that you're looking into? Yeah, um, I guess I just didn't want to feel restricted because I didn't really feel like myself. You know, classical mm -hmm. music is beautiful because you can interpret it with freedom, right? Like classical music has freedom where you can 
um, you can play a piece in a certain way or you can use different bowings or you can use different fingerings and like all of those things like no one classical music musician will play one piece of classical music the same mm -hmm. but I felt like I really wanted to be that composer I wanted to be the person that was creating the material um, I guess like in a sense I would say like if like the way I was approaching classical music was almost somebody who was reading poetry, right? Like this person would read it in a certain way and no one poet reader will read poets, like poems in the same way, right? Um, but I really wanted to be that poem composer. I really wanted to write. I wanted to write my own story and I wanted to share my own story. Um, and I didn't want the notes to be the same. I didn't want the melodies to be the same. And I think that's what really inspired me to go to the route that I did. That's amazing. Very poetic. Um, so yeah, everyone always hears like the creative process and like when folks are sitting down to like create, do you need to get into a particular zone? And is there any way that you like try to get into the zone before you create something? Yeah. Um. I think for me, there actually is no zone. Mm. I feel like a lot of the times it would kind of come up randomly. You know, I might be riding the bus and then this random idea would just pop out of my head. And then that is something that I would go with. Or even if I am dancing, I put on some music and then immediately would just kind of send me in that space. Um, although I do think what kind of helps with that is um, I have synesthesia. So, yeah, being able to, like, hear any kind of music immediately triggers something in my mind. So I think that kind of is, like, the really quick lead way into that creative space. So you've got a biological hack. Into yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so do you think that, because you work a lot with young people in this work, and um, sometimes you get those folks who just say, like, I'm not creative, this isn't for me. And so do you think that creativity is something that you're born with? Is it a part of human nature or is it something that needs to be nurtured and taught to folks? I feel like that's a part of human nature. Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone could create. Some people create logically, right? Mm -hmm. Some people take things and they'll build it up in a very logical way, but I think that's still very creative in mm -hmm. their own sense. Some people are more free. Some kids like to draw crayons. So, you know, like I think the preference of a utility of of creation when you're young is already like a form, you know, choosing what food you like to eat, what food you don't want to eat. I think that's already, you know, creativity starting to come out because that's like, that's who you are. That's who you like. And then now just manifesting in a different way. Um, I guess you just have to learn how to make that manifestation come true and truer to you. Right. But I do think everyone is born with it. I think it's just a manifestation that might take a little bit of nurturing. Yeah. So what do you say to folks that maybe, want to engage in this space more and haven't before and kind of feel at a loss, how would they go about kind of building up that muscle? Um, I think being around the people that you want to see, you know, if you want to be an artist, be around the artist. If you want to be around dancers, be around dancers. Mm. Um, and I think really just experiencing it, getting your hands dirty and trying it, I think is a sure thing. Um, is a sure way to get into that. Um, yeah. <laughs> building networks, understanding yourself better. I think that's also a really important thing. Um, a lot of self-reflection and a lot of community reflection, right? A lot of like world reflection, just kind of like seeing who you are, where you are in your own space, but also in the space of other people um, and in the space of the world. And 
I think when you have all those things, like that's what makes you you and then you bring it into the space and you learn that manifestation. You learn from all these people, getting your hands dirty and really trying to practice it. Um, yeah. I think that's how you would really start. So you've talked a couple of times kind of about this, how you're on your own journey of self-reflection about how people might need to cultivate that muscle of introspection to get into this space. Why is that? In particular, the arts. I know that I've had experiences in my own training where like that seems necessary and it seems like a difference between a lot of people. Why is it you think that we have to be engaged in that kind of introspective thought? Yeah. Uh for me i feel like introspection is what allows you to be your full authentic self um it's what gives you you know the reasons of why you are and who you are and i think that ultimately is the core of, of your creativity mm-hmm. and why you do the things that you do um i think in order for you know like you to manifest completely you have to know who you are first um, it could also be backwards, actually. Like you could just, you know, produce something. And you're like, wow, I didn't know that was me. But then you could look at it and be like, oh, that is me. You know, so the two can definitely like go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like introspection is an important part of one, you know, of really digging into that authenticity. Mm-hmm. I think is a very important thing. So you work in a group with other members. And so I'm wondering what the what collaboration plays in the creative process. Do you guys ever choreograph together or how does that piece work? Yeah, yeah. So there's, um, yeah, like they, we work together in terms of choreography. We also have like sessions where pretty much we, you know, all will gather together. Uh, there'll be a cypher in the middle. Mm. Someone will go in, we'll like hype them out, cheer them on stuff, you know, and like really, um, participate in that exchange mm-hmm. you know and the house culture is a little different because we have this thing where like house originally came from the clubs and clubs is where people want to socially dance right so we would always exchange a one other on like a one-on-one basis as opposed to more of like a cypher kind of thing yeah. um yeah so there is a lot of room for just like really experiment or experiencing someone else's energy and experiencing someone else's like art form and how they mm-hmm. approach it and who they are um, I think actually now thinking about it, it's probably one of the reasons why I felt like introspection is really important um, is because it, like, w- you know, when you're dancing with someone, you get to really experience themselves who they are, right? And as I experienced that more and as I exchanged with people who just really knew themselves and knew their own energies, that really inspired me to go find out who I am and know my own energy as well. So are there any difficulties that arise when like, working with folks in this way? Uh, and then I guess also on the inverse, what are some of the, the cool and exciting things that come up about collaboratively creating together? Yeah, um, I think difficulties is knowing that you sometimes have to sacrifice a little bit of your own artistic vision in order to fit theirs. Because you know, in the collaboration is never like a, you know, you can't, I, you, there has to be a like middle ground and sometimes not everyone agrees um, but I also think that's really powerful because that's like the chance for something new to be built now you're taking 50 of one person 50 of another um, and maybe it's not a, like 100% you but that that's what kind of makes it beautiful in a way it's almost like this child I guess <laughs> um, yeah and I think something beautiful that, I mean I guess that is like the beauty that comes out of it right it's like the hardship is really understanding that you have to sacrifice, but then the beauty is that you're creating something that will never be again seen in the world because it's 
only unique to you and that other person is creating together. That's beautiful. You're dro- I mean, you should add poet to your hyphenate list because <laughs> there's just so many gems that you're dropping and they're all so um, I appreciate it. Questions. Absolutely. So when you begin to create, do you have a finished product in mind or is it a thing that you're like developing as you go? Um, yeah, definitely no finished product in mind. It's always a thing as I go. I think for me, freestyle is just such like man, the manifestation, the uh, ephemerality, is that a word? Like the, the ephemeralness, mm-hmm. whatever. That, that, but yeah, like the short lasting, the process of the journey and the manifestation is something that's extremely important to me um so I feel like there's never really like an end product and I feel like I'm always consistently taking people on this journey whether it's in my dance or in my art or anything um yeah and that that's the way I do it I guess (laughs) I didn't even think about that until now (laughs) yeah um so when did you realize that you had a gift to be in this space as an artist, as a creative. When was that um, kind of made aware to you? Um, well, that's a really good question. I, you know, it really honestly probably wasn't until a couple of years ago mm. or like even a year ago. Yeah, it's very recent. Um, growing up, like traditional Asian household, everyone had to focus on academics. So my mom was very like, oh, you can't, you know, like, yeah, sure. Like you should learn violin because every Asian kid needs to learn violin or piano. But um, outside of that, like you can't really be doing anything else. Um, so it wasn't until college when I really started getting into dance and understanding like the, just how art works in general, you know, and like in my music degree and in my music program, I was able to really pursue like a contemporary Um, because UCSD was completely focused on contemporary art and contemporary music. And that was when my mind kind of opened to like, oh my gosh, there's so many different ways to interpret art. Like, what does an artist think? How do you, you know, like, how do you navigate this world, like being an artist, you know? And all these questions kind of started popping in my head. But I think it wasn't until like the last year or in the last couple of years where I really considered myself as an artist. Like, I felt like I've always done art it's always been a part of me. I've always drawn, I've always done music, but I never really fully saw myself as an artist. Um, What's that distinction for you between practicing art and being an artist? Um, For me, I think when you do art, it is just the act of making something. You know, you could be drawing a flower, you could be coloring the tree. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the process of being an artist is why is it that you color that tree red? What does that symbolize for you? Why is it that you drew this flower in a certain way? Why is the flower droopy, right? Why are you making it sad? Why, what is it trying to represent? Mm-hmm. And I think there becomes all these deeper meanings, whether externally or internally influenced um, within your art, because that's now it's speaking for who you are as a person. Um, yeah. Again, poetic another gem drops <laughs> gonna sit with that one for a while too i mean i do want to ask one more follow-up then so is it is it the asking of those questions or is it the intention behind making those decisions as you're creating i think i think asking those questions in in a piece right like no matter what you do in art I think whenever you ask those questions it will naturally come out in your artistry Mm -hmm. um 
I can't think of a situation where, you know, you would be sitting and asking a question, but then the next time you draw a flower, you're like, eh, I'm just going to doodle and draw a flower anyways, right? Like, because I feel like a lot of the times when you ask those questions, those questions stick to you mm-hmm. because now you're like questioning about your own psychology. You're questioning, why is this important to me, you know? And then now it becomes important. Um, but I would say it's probably, a, so I, I would say it's probably like a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, both asking the question and as well as like intentionally putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Um, although I do think if you ask the question, I think it can also be unintentionally put out there, mm-hmm. um, which I think also makes you an artist. Mm-hmm. But then maybe you just got to go through that self-reflection process to understand that it was unintentionally put out, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so one last question, and it's a, it's a loaded one. You know, we're in, this has been a difficult year for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And part of that is obviously this social uprising. Part of this is this pandemic. Part of this is a particularly fraught election season. And I'm wondering what you think the role that creativity and the arts can play in society as we navigate through all of these pieces. Yeah, definitely a loaded question. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, <laughs> I feel like art is the epitome of humanity. Mm-hmm. I think in terms of anything, if you look at any social movement, it's always driven by art. You know, um, Banksy, for example, a lot of his drawings will carry, or graffiti will carry just so much meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with like Andy Warhol, who completely, completely transformed the way, you know, people would look at, you know, everyday things. Mm-hmm. Um, even in like the science um, world, um, like drawing the DNA helix and like really looking at it from like an art perspective, that was how people found out what the DNA helix was. Um, and I feel like it's just such like an integral part of, of, you know, like understanding what humanity is at the core. Like when you're, you know, when you're looking at a film about love, even if it's like a, you know, LGBTQ film of some sort, I think a lot of people can still resonate with that feeling because they understand that feeling. Sure. Like, you know, if you're against the LGBTQ rights, um, you might feel some type of way about it, but you can't deny that there's that deep internal feeling that you yourself know as a human. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's really powerful about it is that art is really able to show what really unites us as humanity um, and it breaks down those walls, all these walls that we have constructed for ourselves, you know, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's um, societal professionalism or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really breaks those down and just shows you the core of what a child has um, and what we as people would want. And I think that's kind of where art fits in. Wow. Yeah. What a way to close. Um, <laughs> so I guess the last thing is, can you let folks know about your project for Live Arts Boston that Flavor Continues is doing and where they should follow you and find out more information? Yeah, definitely. So um, our project for Live Arts Arts Boston is a huge, comprehensive, um, multi-style, multi-form, excuse me, multi-form competition battle, as we will call it. Um, Basically, we'll have different representations from different communities, such as crump, popping, um, locking, everything that's like within the Boston area. And it will be a team team by team basis. so yeah, I'm really excited for it. Definitely super excited to see like how it will manifest. Um, 
and if you want to find out more information, we do have a website. It's www.theflavorcontinues.org. Um, feel free to check us out. We also have an Instagram and Facebook. Same thing, The Flavor Continues. Um, yeah. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for a fascinating conversation. It was truly a pleasure talking. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Dexter's Lab is made possible by a partnership between the Boston Foundation and Do Not Miss. To learn more about the Boston Foundation, visit www.tbf.org. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at BostonFDN and on Facebook at the Boston Foundation. You can follow Dunamis on all platforms at Dunamis Boston. That's D-U-N-A-M-I-S Boston. Or visit us at dunamisboston.org. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay creative.